What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which door? Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Jake, from... Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake, puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Week 11 in the books. Crazy to think we only have two weeks left of regular season college football. It is wild how fast the regular season is in the sport that we all love. We're going to recap everything that happened in the weekend across college football, some news and storylines that just continue to break as we record this on a Monday afternoon. Jake, we'll get into all that. But first things first, how are you, my man? Man, doing good. Had a late night coming back in from Seattle Mm. on just a few hours of sleep. Got a few on the plane, got a few last night. Uh, I'm running on fumes but that's not going to stop us from having a phenomenal show today. You're committed to the podcast game. I I appreciate that. Yeah. 29, 26 was the final. I believe Mm. commanders lose a nail biter out in Seattle. So then in the NFL, you get right on that plane and trek on back home. Yeah. A little bit of plane troubles, but you landed around what? 5. AM. You said. Yeah. Around 435. Um, Yeah. We were sitting there on the tarmac. Doing a little plane maintenance, like I'm sure everybody's been through once or yes. twice. Yes. It sucks to have it uh, on such a late night, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. That's part of it, part of the game we play. It is what it is, no doubt about it. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed the biggest selection 
the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. I'm taking Jackie to the Alpharetta location on Wednesday of this week. She deserves it. It's the holiday season. She's been putting up with my nonsense all football season long. I said, you know what, honey? Let's go see Jaron. Let's go hang out at Solomon Brothers. Let's enjoy ourselves on a Wednesday. That's what you do. You head on over to Solomon Brothers. They've got two awesome stores, one in Alpharetta just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. And the best part is the store is for anyone with any budget. It gets better. Mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. If you don't know what you know, if you don't know what you want yet, check them out on social media at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. They got an awesome website as well. Solomonbrothers.com. It's the holiday season, people. Get on over to Solomon Brothers. Tell them Punt and Pass sent you 10% off your jewelry purchase. Shout out to Solomon Brothers. All right, let's start with uh, the big game of the weekend. That was in Athens. I was there. I got to partake in the festivities. Let's go. It was a blast. Georgia whoops up on Ole Miss 52 to 17, Jake. Unbelievable. The dogs doing what they do, and they took Ole Miss's best shot early. It was 14-14. They traded a couple of blows. And then Georgia makes the in-game adjustments that they've been so accustomed to doing, and they just put it on them. I believe it was 34 unanswered points, Jake. Wow. Dogs wrap up the SEC East. They will be playing in the SEC championship game in just a couple of weeks against Alabama. But let's stay on this Georgia game for just a second. Carson Beck, Brock Bowers was back. Lad McConkie looked awesome. The defense shut them down. What a game. Dude, I mean, this was uh, an awesome game to watch. Like, you could just feel just the atmosphere just oozing through the TV. Wish I was there. Instead, I was stuck in Seattle. Um, but just a, what a fun game to watch. Not going to lie, I was a little nervous there, right there at the beginning, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people were. Uh, Kiffin had it dialed up. Yeah. They almost hit that shot play to open up the game. Like, wow. Like, what if that was hit? Thank God it didn't happen that way. Um you know, I honestly, I really thought they were kind of out physicaling us. I just made up that word there. They played very physical uh, against us very early in the game, man. Their running back is the real deal. Um, and just thought they were winning the line of scrimmage. But later in the game, uh, they just couldn't quite keep up uh, for four quarters. Yeah. I, you know, they the uh, the defense made a great uh, did a great job of making adjustments. Uh, in the back half, one uh, was not allowing them um, those kind of uh, schemed up passes that uh, Kiffin had. Um, but, dude, honestly, I mean, I, I think it really comes down to Georgia's offense, 611 yards, Crazy. 311 passing, 300 rushing. That's insane. They were averaging 10 yards of play, and they didn't have a third down until five minutes left in the second quarter. Is that and right? That and that third down was a third and two. I mean, firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable offensive play. Carson played great. Offensive line played great. Running backs. Lad did a great job. The return of Brock Bowers. Huge. Night game in Sanford Stadium. I mean, last home game of the year. This is how you want it to go down. Senior night, let's go. I mean, just it, huge game, huge atmosphere. It really was special. Uh, first things first, the dogs were healthy, and I think okay. that was big. I mean, Amarius Mims didn't start, but he did play a lot on the offensive line. Brock Bowers, back. Lab McConkey, full systems go. I, I can't even imagine. I, I would love to know how many snaps 
this season that Mims, Bowers, and McConkey have been on the field at the same time. But I'll say this, and I heard my dad talking about this on the post-game show when I was driving home from Athens, and I just thought this is spot on. Georgia is such a focused football team, okay? The atmosphere, it was crazy. The fans were just packing out the stadium well before the game. The amount of recruits, celebrities at the game. Kirk Herbstreit had his dog on the field. College game day was in town. It was nuts. Senior day, like all of the extracurriculars that go, that come with a game atmosphere like that. And yet the dogs were Zoom focused and they executed. And it was that big game kind of, distraction just isn't there for this team because they're so well trained for those types of moments. And I'm not saying that it, that that's what affected Ole Miss, but Georgia was ready for a fight. And and it just feels like this team, this coaching staff, you know, I'll give the fan base credit as well. They were hyper-focused on the task at hand and they took advantage of, of having the ability to just smush a team over 60 minutes. Almost came out firing. Look, 14 to 14. I looked at Jackie and I was like, this does not need to get into a shootout. And then in the first quarter, uh, I looked at her and I also said, it's loud as shit in here. I mean, it was <laughs> so loud inside the stadium. Uh, I give everybody credit. The, the atmosphere was just phenomenal. And I go back to the execution, Jake. Uh, it, it's just special to see Georgia thrive in those types of moments because they're just going to continue. They'll have another one of those atmospheres in Knoxville coming up this weekend, albeit the SEC's already wrapped up. Uh, you're damn sure that atmosphere is going to be like that in the SEC championship game against Alabama because so much is going to be on the line. Uh, but this team, this 2023 team, has a unique ability to raise their playing level when the moment is the biggest, when the lights are the brightest. Uh, and it's special to see. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, uh, as a quarterback, as a guy on offense, uh, you know, you love your specialists, but I want to keep my punter yeah. on the sideline. I don't want my punter to play. That's fair. The offense, Georgia only had one. Punt I know, it's crazy, dude. It's the crazy. The entire football game. The entire football game. Uh, man, that's nuts. Uh, like you said, I, I lo- they came out super focused. You're exactly right. And I love the resiliency on defense because I think when Ole Miss scored on the opening drive, I believe I saw a graphic where the opposing team has scored either a touchdown or just scored on the first drive, like the last four games. It's insane. It's insane. It really is. But then they they have their troubles early. Sure. I'll get, you know, defense gets punched in the face. Sure. But it's a four quarter fight. And they're going to battle it out for 60 minutes and they make some adjustments and they shut them down and they just can't, the opposing offense just can't seem to get anything going after the first, you know, 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, it was remarkable to see uh, Lane Kiffin after the game was asked very candidly, like you, you didn't play well at Tuscaloosa. Uh, it didn't go well for you today in Athens. How do you close the gap between Georgia and Alabama? And he just said he was recruiting and he goes, I'm not throwing my guys under the bus. That's what he said. He's like, he kind of caught himself. He's like, I'm proud of my guys. I'm not throwing them under the bus, but we've signed one five-star Georgia has signed 24 five-stars. He's like recruiting is the way 
you close the gap between Georgia and Alabama if you're Ole Miss. Um, and then Kirby Smart was asked about Brock Bowers in the postgame. Brock Bowers comes back 26 days after his tightrope procedure. He played 45 snaps, Jake. I think you kind of guessed like that 30 to 50 range of snaps that he would play if he was healthy to go. And I thought it was fascinating when Coach Smart was asked about Brock Bowers and wanting to get back. And he said in his postgame press conference, yeah, Brock came to me and, and told me how many people were calling him saying he should shut it down. And then Kirby went on to say, uh, I can assure you those people will not be representing him moving forward. He said the guy's a football player. He loves the game. He wanted to play on senior night, and he looked awesome doing it. Got a touchdown that was super cool to see him get in the end zone on senior night. Yeah, I mean, coming back from that type of procedure, that surgery, that fast, and able to play at that level, uh, unbelievable freak of nature type stuff. Um, and I, I think just – from an offense perspective, just having him out of the field gets everybody's Jeez. juices going. Um, man, and, and even after tightrope surgery, the dude still does not get tackled by one person on defense. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. So, man, he, he's only going to keep getting better. Um, and I, I think that's something, too. When your best players, no matter how high they're getting drafted, want to play, you know, that quick, that fast, uh, there's something good, something special going on. Um, you just got to ride that wave, man, ride yeah. that wave and, and, and win some football games. You absolutely do. Georgia takes care of business in a big, big way. I think it's the third season straight where they have yet to lose a home game in the regular oh. season. The streaks that they're on are, are just remarkable. So a big shout out to them. They play at Tennessee coming up this weekend. That's your three thirty sec on CBS game. And then it was just announced earlier the tech game is at night, 7.30 p.m. Yeah, ABC on. on the flats Thanksgiving weekend. All right, Alabama just blasts Kentucky. You and I were like, what is this line? I mean, they jumped out on him so quick. I think it was 21 nothing almost immediately. Bama 49, Kentucky 21. Jake, again, Jalen Milrow, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. They're cooking. They're going to play the dogs December 2nd in the SEC championship game. It's set. It's locked in. Alabama, what do you have to say? We don't have to stay on this game too much, but uh, they're finding their groove at a really good time of the season, Jake. Well, I mean, I think you can make a, a very good argument that the two hottest teams in college football right now are the Georgia Bulldogs yeah. and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Funny how that works, right? And they're going to play each other very soon, very shortly. Both hot both on fire. You don't want to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. but uh, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, I just, I, I think you just, just got to watch out for them, man. Cause they're, they're figuring it out. Jalen Milrow uh, is figuring it out using his arms and his legs. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a good game. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It is going to be a really good game. Uh, and I appreciated your insight last week on the podcast talking about how you can defend against a quarterback, a very athletic and mobile quarterback like Jalen Milrow, who's playing with all the confidence in the world. I um, mean, you kind of saw Georgia try to do that against Jackson Dart. I know he was mm -hmm. able to pull the ball down and get outside the pocket. It's not like you're going to completely eliminate uh, the QB run game when the dogs face off against Alabama. But you would just think, and again, I go back to the focus that Georgia has been playing with. Uh, is it a vulnerable spot for the dogs to go up in Knoxville? The SEC East is clinched. You know, they're already maybe thinking about Alabama. I don't think so. I think they'll be just fine. But Alabama, Nick Saban, 
just doing what they do. Speaking of Tennessee, they lose to Missouri 36 to seven in Columbia. So the dogs had the SEC East wrapped up before they even kicked off against Ole Miss because yeah. Tennessee dropped that game. But let's give Missouri some love. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz, Cody Schrader, that ball and running back, Brady Cook. Yeah. That's a damn good football team. Um, and they had a really, really big win against Tennessee this weekend. Yeah. Uh, running back Schrader had 205 yards rushing and was the leading receiver Dude. with five catches for a buck 16. Wow. Like he was all over the field. Uh, look, Missouri's got a good thing going, man. Um, yeah. Don't let uh, uh, Missouri get a few five stars because I, I think they're going to be, be around to hang for a little bit. Um, and they got a, a good program building here. So 35 uh, carries, 205 yards. That is a workhorse of a day for oh, Cody yeah. Schrader. That's a that's Derrick Henry type. Five catches for 116 yards. I mean, is he the national offensive player of the week? He's got to be, right? That's he's incredible. Be, right? Yeah. Damn. No, that's got to be. Like, they, they routed Tennessee. Um, obviously, you know, as uh, from a Georgia perspective, you don't want to look past this game because uh, there's nothing that a, a Tennessee player, fan, anyone associated in that building – they would love nothing more than just to put a blemish or to ruin uh, a good Georgia football season. No question about it. That, that's of course what they're all thinking. Uh, and the atmosphere will be crazy up there, but Mizzou 36 to seven, they're now eight and two on the season. Tennessee drops to seven and three, three and three in the sec. A couple other scores. Oregon holds off a comeback attempt by USC. They win 36 to 27. Get this USC hosts UCLA this weekend. It's their last game of the regular season. No chance that Kayla Williams is playing in a bowl game, um, and they are not in the hunt for the Pac-12 championship. So this is the last college football game of Caleb Williams' career coming up this weekend. Oregon, 9-1. and one. I'm about to throw out a college football playoff scenario at you in just a couple of minutes, so stick around. Your head might spin off your body. Washington beat Utah at home. They hold them off. They went 35 to 28 and then the biggest game of the weekend probably Michigan takes care of business at Penn State they went 24 to 15 this game was 24 to 9 very late Penn State got a very late touchdown no Jim yeah. Harbaugh on the sideline he was suspended right before the game James Franklin now drops to 3 and 17 against top 10 teams as the head coach at Penn State, Penn State fired their offensive coordinator on Sunday. And let me just say one thing, because I need your I need your thoughts. One, the Sharon Moore postgame uh, interview when he's crying and cussing yep. and effing Jim Harbaugh. I love you. This is for you, coach. I effing love you. That was just comical. Pretty funny. But Michigan is up 24 to 9. Penn State scores, I think, with a minute 50 left. So now it's 24 to 15. Penn State, instead of kicking an extra point and being down by eight, my math's correct there, right? Yeah. Yeah. They I'm go for two and they didn't get it. So now they're still down by nine, which is two scores. Okay. Why on earth James Franklin would go for two at that point? It doesn't make any sense. You need it to be a one-score game. He missed the two-point conversion. Now they're still down by two scores with less than two minutes to go. He was asked about it in the post-game press conference, and he was like, 
points were hard to come by. We needed to go for two points were hard to come by. And the reporter's like, you're not answering my question. Why did you go for two there? Points were hard to come by. You're not answering, like they're going, you're not answering my question. It doesn't make sense. And James Brown was like, I answered your question. And the moderator got in and was like, okay, we're moving on. But Jake, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you go for two there? Now you're down two scores. There's no chance you're going to win the game. I don't know. I mean, to me, if you would have just said, hey, look, at at some point during the game, we're going to need a two-point conversion and just said, hey, it was either now or later. Sure, uh, that's fine. At least at least we know what we have to do and know what we have to get. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally, I think you kick it and just save it till later. Um, later? There's less than two minutes in the game. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, just keep it a one-score game and just, just figure it out when you get there, yeah. personally. Um, I totally agree with that. But I guess I guess the, the logic there is at the end of the day, you need a two point conversion um, and at least know what you need now. Yeah. I don't don't know. Maybe that, maybe there, I just, um, Michigan wins this game and only threw the ball eight times. Yeah. That's insane. I know, I know know there was some weather there um, and you know, what necessarily the best conditions in the world, but uh, Blake Corum goes off. Um, They just lean behind the, uh, the offensive line. Penn State never had a chance, dude. Never even yeah. was in the game. Never yeah. was in the game. I heard some stats this morning. Going back to the last matchup, Penn State and Michigan. Michigan's ran for like over 600 yards. They've only thrown the ball like 20 times. Just total physical domination. Uh, Penn State alumni, boosters, fans have to be extremely frustrated with James Franklin. Beats up on all the bad teams. Can't beat the good teams. But Michigan now still undefeated. Again, Jim Harbaugh suspended before the game for three games by the Big Ten. Michigan has filed a temporary restraining order in state courts. Uh, They couldn't get it heard before the game. The court date is scheduled for this Friday, Jake. Jim Harbaugh came out today and said, I will be going and I will be talking. I want due process. I want to understand what the charges are. I want to understand what this case is all about. And if they are granted the temporary restraining order, then Jim Harbaugh can get back on the sidelines. I fully expect that TRO to be granted. I fully expect Jim Harbaugh to be on the sidelines against Maryland this weekend and then against Ohio State next weekend, which will be just an unbelievable rivalry game. Those two teams and all of the outside noise around what's going on with the Michigan football program leading into that matchup against Ohio State, who most certainly will be undefeated as well. Dude, that will be all time, but Jim Harbaugh suspended do you think that was the right move, or were you kind of expecting that? I mean, they had to do something. Um, I was listening to uh, Dan Orlovsky, uh, Shannon Sharp, uh, talk about it a little bit. Um, like Orlovsky said, like why not? Why not just go after like his pockets? Find him. Yeah, just just find him. Like make it make it hurt. I mean, he yeah. misses. He misses. Like if he misses games. Like the only people it really hurts is the kids who have an opportunity to to win a national championship. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh like, is such a psycho though. Like that might really cut deep when he can't be on the sideline <laughs> on game day. Who knows? Maybe I I don't know. But like just 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 go and find everybody. And then plus, there's so many other teams that we're finding out that that really had a, a hand in of doing course. this. Of course, yeah. So so I mean I you know maybe you have to 
uh, make a martyr out of somebody, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, to me, I, I think finding maybe might've been a better option, but that's, that's what they got. That's, that's what they did. That's what they yeah. To do. Again, I would fully expect this TRO to be granted on Friday. So expect that news to break. We'll of course have a week 12 preview for you before that court day coming out on Thursday to get you ready for the weekend ahead in college football, but so much noise around the Michigan football program. And they're just continuing to take care of business, which honestly is pretty impressive. You know what else is impressive? The the showrooms at Solomon brothers jewelers, simply the best two awesome locations. One in Alpharetta just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead 17th floor tower place, unbeatable jewelry inventory, the largest diamond selection in the Southeast. Awesome watches. For the guys as well, when you walk in, you can grab a cocktail at the bar. They probably have some sports on the TV tucked away with those little chairs where you can hang out and your significant other can peruse around. And when you're there, you just say punt and pass sent you or just mention myself or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Check them out on social media at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. SolomonBrothers.com. The biggest selection, the best quality, and the lowest prices and an in-store experience that is unmatched. Check them out at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, other big news. We'll keep it moving. Jimbo Fisher fired at Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, you asked me before the show, why why fire him after a win? They just beat Mississippi State. It's over, dude. It, it, it's over. The AD came out and said, we're stuck in neutral. Um, I thought for sure it would have happened if they lost to South Carolina a couple weeks ago. They took care of that game. They lose a nail-biter to Ole Miss. It's done. Jimbo Fisher out his buyout, Jake, $76.8 million. That is more than the cumulative $72 million that was used to buy out 15 coaches just one year ago. So shout out to Jimbo's agent, shout out to Jimbo himself. He is getting paid almost $80 million to go Away, So Texas A&M in the head coaching market. I definitely need your thoughts on that, but here are some names that are already being floated around. Lane Kiffin, Dan Lanning at Oregon, and what about old Coach Prime out in Colorado? Well, my initial thought is, man, I should, I guess, get into coaching after my career is over. (laughs) Hell yeah. I mean, holy cow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, dude, what? I mean, that is just some unbelievable numbers, generational wealth type numbers, man. Um, to just, hey, hey, thanks. We appreciate your time, but get out of here. We don't need you no more. Melons, dude. That's insanity. Um, and then my uh, my next question is like, how how good is the Texas A&M job? They haven't won a conference title since 1998. Um, I think the only time they've had 10 wins in the last 20 years was during the COVID season of 2020. And they have been the absolute definition of mediocrity since they have entered into the SEC. Yeah. So it's not that good of a job. Now, do you have endless resources? Yes. Um, Do you have history and tradition? Yes, of course. What comes along with being in the SEC? Well, now you're going to have to play Texas and Oklahoma because they're coming in. You're going to have to play Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss. And with this new scheduling, 
you're going to get a lot of very, very good football teams year after year. So I don't know how good it is. And with the pressure of the alumni and the fan base to just have the ego to expect national championships immediately, I guess because they have deep pockets, I don't necessarily get it. It's very confusing. Um, But yeah, Texas A&M in the market for a new coach. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Dan Lanning, I feel like he's got a good thing going in Oregon. Oh, yeah, dude. And to me, the question is, is do you have a quarterback you believe in after Bo leaves this year? Um, that'd be the only thing. But then you still got to go find a quarterback to to play for you at A&M. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Prime is staying in Colorado. And he has to for a couple more years, right? I mean, that would be a fascinating hire. There's no chance it happens that quick. There's no chance that Prime leaves Colorado after just one year. But well, it will he, all come down to money. I mean, if they offer him $20 could, million a year, then why wouldn't he? I mean, he could go to A&M, bring his son Shador. Bring oh, Tra- my goodness. Bring Travis Hunter. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could do that whole deal. Um, Stephen A. Smith was already stumping for that on Get Up this morning on ESPN, saying he needs to be Deion Sanders, the next head coach at Texas A&M. Do you think Lane Kiffin? Do you think there's anything there? Like, I mean, how much better is the A&M job? To me, it's the same job with more pressure. That's exactly right. Yeah, so, and unrealistic expectations. Yeah, I would just uh, if, if I'm Kiffin, I just say I leverage it. Uh, hey, they want to be the head coach, you know, give me some more money to, to keep keep being the coach here. Um, and now he makes five more million a year because that job came open. I mean, to me, that's all it is. Look at Florida State. Florida State let Jimbo go. Jimbo kind of dangled it over their head. Texas A&M wants me, you know, give me a better offer. They said, no, you can go. Thank you very much for the national championship. We've enjoyed our time here. You can leave. They hire Mike Norvell. Well, first they hired Willie Taggart, I believe. Then they hired Mike Norvell. Yeah. But they stayed patient, have given Mike Norvell his time, um, and things seem to be working out. Texas A&M jumps at Jimbo. Jimbo then dangles the LSU opening a couple of years ago over A&M's head. Then they come over the top with just this monstrosity of a contract. Uh, and again, the expectations would come with, come with that contract. And now they're sitting there going, wow, we messed this up. Now they have to go hire a new coach, which is going to cost more and more money. So where do they go? I, I have no idea. On the flip side, Zach Arnett gets fired from Mississippi State. I don't know if that was expected or not. He lasts 11 games. A couple names that are being floated around immediately on those hot boards. Glenn Schumann, co-defense coordinator at Georgia, and Mike Bobo. Yeah, I mean, offensive coordinator at Georgia. Any reason to think that uh, those guys would jump ship and go to Mississippi State? Uh, it's tough. I mean, Shoe's got uh, young kids. Man, I just I know he loves Athens. That's yeah. why he's still there. Stark uh, Vegas he, is not Athens. Confirmed. No, it's not. Um, you know, Shoe got offered jobs uh, after this past year. Um, there's a reason he stayed. Yeah, uh, he's getting paid very, very well uh, to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia. Um, I would like to see Bobo get another opportunity. Really? Uh, to be a head coach. Okay. I do. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I, now, I'd love him to stay, obviously, and be the yeah. offensive coordinator at Georgia. But um, I, I'd like to, to see him uh, go and have an opportunity, maybe not this year, but later down the road for sure. 
Yeah, Mississippi State, again, just a tough job. Being in that SEC West kind of mix, Starkville, very tough place to recruit. Yeah. Uh, no knock on them, respectfully, a tough place to recruit. But I thought that was kind of a surprising fire. I, I guess they might have somebody in mind if they made that move so quickly. All right, before I let you go, uh, the college football playoff rankings are going to come out, the third edition of them, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. I'm kind of putting some chicken scratch down on a piece of paper earlier today. And I think to myself, we could have an extremely interesting situation in just a couple weeks when the regular season wraps up. So let me give you a little preview of what could happen with the final college football playoff rankings. We'll start with the Big Ten, okay? Ohio State and Michigan are both going to be undefeated when they play next week. Then they'll beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. You will have an undefeated Big Ten champion. They'll be in the college football playoff. Florida State, I think they will be undefeated heading into the ACC championship game. If they beat a top 10 ranked Louisville team in that ACC championship, I think an undefeated Florida State ACC champion is in the college football playoff. Got to be. Now, here's where it gets interesting. We'll start, I guess, with the SEC championship game. If it's undefeated Georgia against a one-loss Alabama. Now, for this argument's sake, even say Alabama wins on a last-second 60-yard field goal, and they beat Georgia. Georgia now has one loss. So does Alabama. Alabama, however, is the SEC champion. Okay. What if Texas wins the Big 12 and Texas only has one loss. What if Oregon wins the Pac-12 and Oregon only has one loss? Oregon would have beaten plenty of top 25 teams. They would have avenged their loss to Washington. They're playing a really good brand of football. Texas beat Alabama on the road by 10 points, and they are the conference champion. How could Alabama or Georgia Get into the college football playoff if you have a one-loss Oregon Pac-12 champion and a one-loss Texas Pac-12 champion in the barn. I don't know, Jake. It's fascinating. I think Texas is the chess piece that could potentially keep even an SEC champion, Alabama, out of the college football playoff. And, of course, if Georgia were to lose that game, I think I don't know if they'd get in either. Do you put Georgia in who didn't win their conference championship over an Oregon who did win their conference championship over a Texas who did win their conference championship? I don't know. Did I lose you? Oh, no. Fascinating. Fascinating conversation that I just lost Jake from. That's okay, though. I can finish this up without him. That is exactly what I needed to get off my chest because that situation right there is truly unbelievable. You'd have an undefeated Big Ten conference champion, an undefeated ACC conference champion in Florida State. I think they're in no matter what. Oregon with one loss as the Pac-12 champ. Texas with one loss as the Big 12 champ. Alabama with one loss as the SEC champ but they lost to Texas at home by 10 points. So I just, it's a massive roadblock, which is going to be fascinating to see how it 
plays out towards the end of the season. It's always fun when we talk about those types of scenarios because oftentimes it never happens that way. That's the beauty of college football. All these things usually take care of themselves. We still have two more weeks to go in the regular season. And then conference championship weekend this year specifically is going to have tons and tons of implications because next year, remember, we got 12 teams in the college football playoffs. This is the last time we'll ever have to talk about crazy scenarios like this. It'll be a little bit more strategic when you open it up to 12 in the college football playoff. Always a blast to talk about. Yeah, week 11 was crazy. Know that about it. Week 12 surely will bring some fireworks as well. Shout out to Jake. He just texted me. He said his tablet just completely um, went kaputs as we were wrapping up the show. So all good. Hey, this episode of Punt and Pass presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. You already know them by now. It's the holiday season. You got to head on over to Solomon Brothers. Two awesome locations for you to check out. One is in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place, the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. And Jake's getting back in right now. This is a fun one, people. Okay, here we go. He's back. I was just going through it, Jake. We're still recording, so you're good to go. Still going through the scenario. Uh, I was just doing our last Solomon Brothers read. This is going to be it. We're still recording. We're back. We're back, baby. All right, so what do you think? Because I just was kind of saying, like, Texas is the chess piece that could keep possibly Georgia and or Alabama out of the college football playoff, depending on how things happen out in the Pac-12. But what I did end up saying was that it's always fun to discuss these types of situations because it never plays out that specific way. But um, what do you do if Oregon wins the Pac-12 and has one loss, Texas wins the Big 12, they have one loss, and Bama squeaks by Georgia, and they have one loss, but it's two Texas by 10 points at home. I don't think Bama gets in. I really don't. I mean, this is a, I mean, the possibility scenarios are endless. I mean, this is what makes college football, college football. Yes. It's coming down to the wire. I really wish there was an 18 playoff thing this year because I I think all eight of these teams are worthy of, of having a chance to have a chance. Yeah. And to fight it out there at the end of the year. Um, I mean, all really good football teams. I mean, this Oregon-Washington rematch that I hope we get late in the year, I mean, that's going to be a brawl. Awesome. Um, really, if Georgia wins the next two, which by all means they should, I, I just I don't see how they don't get in. after this Regardless. Season, I, regardless. regardless. Okay. Regardless. Um, so who gets I, left out? Who do you leave out? I really Undefeated Florida State, ACC champ? I really hope Michigan puts it to Ohio State. So they get kicked yeah. to the curb, yeah. and that they're not even mentioned uh, in this. Um, but man, Texas, a conference champion, um, they fouled it out this year. Hadn't had their starting quarterback, still finding a way to win games. If they get hot here late in the year, that, I mean, that's a good football team, dude. I don't know, man, because Florida State's a good football team too. They've played some really, really good games. Yeah. Uh, they've earned it. They deserve it. Um, man, college football. I, I don't know. It's going to be fun. I mean, <laughs> uh, just, just something that you say all the time. I just want to be a fly on the wall. I, I, just, I wish that we had access to those conversations. Absolutely, just because dude. It'd be fascinating. I, I want to know 
Like, just why? Just tell me why you did what you did. And maybe I can live with it, but it'll be a whole lot better than just saying, this is, this is it. Take it or leave it. Totally 100% spot on, but it will play itself out. I can promise you that. And there's no better place to keep it locked in than right here on Punt and Pass as we continue to take you through the college football season. Next week is Thanksgiving already, people. Can't wait. It's my favorite holiday of the year. And, of course, we will be back on Thursday with an episode to get you ready for week 12 of the college football season. One last time, this episode of Punt and Pass presented to you by our great friends over at Solomon Brothers. Follow them at Solomon Brothers on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake, puntandpass.com. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Man, I got nothing for you. Just going to be fun going down to the wire. Can't wait. It's going down to the wire. Keep it locked in right here on Punt and Pass, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See ya. We up. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.